The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The crowd came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not stand, be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whosoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here is my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Good morning. I'm Tim Crellin. I'm vicar of St. Stephen's Church in the south end of Boston. And it's an honor for me to be here today. I'm pleased to have this opportunity to speak with you and to thank you for all of your generous support for the St. Stephen's Trinity Partnership. Our relationship with Trinity dates back many years, and I'm grateful to your congregation on behalf of our congregation and the children and the families we serve for your faithfulness and for your commitment to our ministry. 550 children and teens will participate in our Be Safe program this summer, and it just wouldn't be possible without the help of friends like you. I'm especially grateful to Tony for his invitation and for his perseverance in scheduling this visit. It took a little time to find a date that would work. What Tony doesn't know is that I was surreptitiously trying to arrange to be here on the day of the ice cream social. <laughs> Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. These are the confident words of the writer of Psalm 138. 
You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. The young people at St. Stephen's are very familiar with being in the midst of trouble. The fury of enemies is a very real thing, especially in this school year when two teenagers had been murdered within steps of the church. One was a completely innocent young man in the wrong place at the wrong time, killed just because he lives in the Via Victoria neighborhood. The other young man was a high-profile gang leader, caught up in the midst of an escalating feud between kids from our neighborhood and kids from Mission Hill. Trapped right in the midst of this trouble is a young man named Jacob. Jacob is 15, recently turned 15 in juvenile detention. He comes from a very difficult family situation and has become connected to gang life in the neighborhood. Jacob has grown up in our programs and participated in our congregational life as an acolyte and a confirmant. I went to see him in jail a couple of weeks ago, where he was awaiting a hearing with a judge on a number of charges, including assault and battery on a police officer. And what I saw as we sat and talked was an angry, confused little boy. Angry that two of his close friends were dead. Angry and wanting revenge. Angry at his family, at his lawyer, at his probation officer, at his court-appointed counselor. I saw a broken little boy, and I wondered how we could ever lead him out of the midst of trouble and into safety. In the gospel this morning, Jesus redefines the notion of family. He's been identified as a radical troublemaker, perhaps even an insane person. His mother and brothers, concerned for his safety, track him down so they can take him home. But Jesus isn't willing. Who are my mother and my brothers, he responds, when told that they're looking for him. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. It's a new definition of family, which gives meaning to life in the church as the family of God. Sadly, gang life redefines the meaning of family, too. Gang life offers to Jacob the things we would expect a family to offer, a sense of belonging, protection, respect, all the things he wants and needs to be validated as a human being but hasn't gotten in the other critical areas of his life. It's a fundamental need. The same one the ancient Israelites expressed to Samuel. They wanted a king so that they'd be safe in the midst of trouble, so they'd be protected from their enemies. The situation in my friend Jacob's family of origin has been violent and stressful. He's attended failing schools. He's lived in substandard housing and seen friends and neighbors afflicted by drugs and violence. For a kid with that many hurts, with that much stacked against him, gang life is a welcome respite 
It keeps him safe in the midst of trouble. Jacob's story challenges me to want to do more, to provide a legitimate alternative for young men like him who are living on the edge of tragedy, and to continue to provide another path for younger children that gives them healthier, more positive options. Earlier this year, the police in our community called together eight of the teenagers considered most at risk in the Via Victoria and their parents or guardians, and they invited me to come too. After a long series of lectures from police officers, probation officers, ex-convicts, and a district attorney, in which the young people were presented with a frightening view of where their lives were heading. I asked if I could speak to the young men. I asked them what they thought would make a difference for them. And they all said, a job. A job, I think, symbolizes so much. Not only self-sufficiency and the chance to have some control over a little bit of money, but also responsibility, supervision, a connection to people who are paying attention to whether you show up or not. Having a job means that you'll be shepherded, that someone will offer both opportunities and limits, guidance and support. Now, at the time, we already had 28 teens working for us through our school year teen program. But I told the story of these young men to a donor who agreed to fund jobs for six of them for the remainder of the school year. So six of these young men started working for us part time, and we agreed to provide them with extra support, including a weekly meeting with me. Four of the young men are doing a fantastic job, showing up, working hard, providing a valuable link with the younger children in the program, and learning to think of themselves as role models. They're struggling in other areas of their lives, in big ways for sure. One was recently expelled for carrying a knife to school. And two of the six are currently in juvenile detention, but we're visiting them and serving as part of the team that's trying to figure out how to help them and to support their families. The bottom line is that society is ready to give up on these kids. No one has any hope for them. No one gives them a chance. Their quarries and their grades in school and their attendance records at school have already given the world enough reasons to write them off. But we at St. Stephen's haven't given up on them. And we haven't given up on their younger brothers and sisters and on their neighborhood and the schools. For many young people, we're the best hope they've got of getting the extra support, encouragement, and love they need not just to survive, but to thrive. In his second letter to the Christian community in Corinth, Paul writes, Everything is for your sake, so that grace, 
as it extends to more and more people, may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. You help us not to lose heart. You help us to extend the grace of God to more and more young people. We couldn't offer the presence of Christ to so many young people in such important ways without your support. Be safe and our Be Ready after school program. Give us a year-round daily presence in the lives of hundreds of kids from age 5 through high school and beyond so that through the love of Christ we can lead them along hopeful and promising pathways and keep them safe. By supporting Be Safe, by providing funding to sustain our presence in the community, by tutoring in our after-school program, by praying for us, you share in the work God has given us to do. The morning after the young man was murdered earlier this year, I stood in front of St. Stephen's and looked across the street at the park where young people were beginning to build a shrine of candles and pictures and baseball caps in honor of the deceased on the spot where he was gunned down. And I felt like a failure. I felt the fury of enemies closing in on our kids. This young man had participated in our programs when he was younger, before we had teen programs and middle school leadership programs. I felt terrible that we had lost track of him and that he'd been swallowed up by gang life. And I felt terrible that despite our years of work, that our community was still being afflicted by violence. It's hard to imagine what it does to the outlook of young children when someone they know is murdered in the park where they play. Later in the day, I spoke to a trusted friend who said, you just don't know what the South End would be like if St. Stephen's wasn't there. You don't know how much worse it might be if the church didn't do so much for so many young people. And then the other day, I was at our local community center, and a young man came up to me and said, Tim, I had worked with Derek 20 years ago when he was an angry little boy with a serious temper living in a foster home in one of the most dangerous parts of Boston. And I was a youth worker just learning the streets. He was in my after-school program for four years and spent summers with us at Camp St. Augustine. We had a good talk. He's done well. He's running an aquatics program for children with asthma. He still bears some scars from his upbringing, but he's standing on his own feet and making his way in the world. We both shed some tears, and I told him how glad I was that he'd recognized me, and he said, Are you kidding? You played a huge role in my life. You have no idea. You and that program saved my life. We, the staff and the other kids, we were his brothers and sisters and parents.
We don't give up. And by the grace of God, we won't lose heart. And I'm grateful to all of you for being in this with us. Derek's story and Jacob's story remind me that we might not ever know the difference we make. And so we must keep trying, keep working. Jesus was very clear that he would abide in those who were most in need, who were most marginalized, and that if we wanted to love and serve him, we should do so by loving and serving those who need us most. And sometimes even those who we find it challenging or even frightening to love. We might have to venture into the midst of the trouble our kids face in order to provide the healing touch of Christ that can make known the goodness and mercy of God and that can transform people and communities. We are the family of God. These are our children. For kids in the city, there are many factors that stand in the way of the kind of future you and I expect for our children. But God has given us power by the Holy Spirit to carry out a ministry of healing and reconciliation with a hopeful vision of the kingdom of God. May we continue to be strengthened by that hope so that we never lose heart, working together to ensure that all of our children can live into their promise as children of God. Amen.